What's up, guys? Welcome to the Endless Horizon podcast. I am your host, Ando. And man, it's been a minute. First and foremost, I want to address the gap in between episodes because a lot of you have reached out to me in the last couple of weeks asking me when the next episode is going to come out. And the truth is this. I don't believe in putting out episodes and content if I truly don't believe in it. If I have nothing to say, I'm not going to say anything at all. The problem with a lot of podcasts and podcasters are that they feel obligated to put out episodes for the sake of keeping a subscriber base and listeners. And honestly, I really don't care about that. What I care about is putting out what I'm thinking. It has to come from the heart. It has to be genuine. It has to be felt. And I have to truly believe in the message that I'm putting out there. So there's the why behind the gap in episodes. I hope you can understand me. I hope that your support for the podcast is no less because of it. And I hope you can appreciate the honesty that goes along with it. So with that said, guys, the podcast has been incredible for me. I've learned, I've grown a lot from it. And I've also met so many of you. And some of the stories that you've shared with me have been incredible. And the level of bravery and courage that you've shown with sharing some of this information and how vulnerable you've been has been truly heartfelt. So I applaud you. I'm proud of you. Keep fighting the good fight, okay? With that said, guys, I want to remind you of the fee for the podcast. And the fee is not a monetary amount. It's strictly just bringing somebody onto the podcast or turning them into it because you got something out of it. Okay, so if this episode or any episodes brought you value, improved your life, your personal, your work, the lives of those around you, I kindly ask you to share it. That is the only way we can grow the podcast and we can help change the lives of people who are in need. What I can say is that when I was 20 years old, I wish I would have had somebody turn me into a personal development podcast of some form that could have time collapsed everything for me. And I could have maybe been further ahead than I was at that point or right now. On to today's episode, guys. It's quite personal to me. I want to share a story with you. And it has to do with my personal experience. Because let's be honest, the only time that we can truly express ourselves is when we're talking about ourselves. And that's because we've experienced it. And there's a lot of emotion attached with the experience. So it's important that I talk to you from my personal experience. And I know a lot of you listening have probably had similar experiences to mine. And I hope in today's episode, if there's nothing else that you take away, nothing else that you can take away but this, just be kind to one another, okay? That's all I ask. Just be kind. We don't get to decide what color we're born and what country or what nationality we are and what part of the world we are at, what kind of parents we have. We don't get that choice. When's the last time that somebody told you that, that you didn't get a choice? Well, I know that nobody told me that. I eventually had to figure that out. And if that's not humbling enough, then I don't know what will be. So with that said, I want to share a story with you. I'm going to consolidate it a little bit because it can run too long and I don't want the podcast to be too long, okay? I want it to be small, consumable. I want you to be able to stay engaged with it without pulling you away in different directions. When I moved to the US, I was 12 years old. My family moved from Bulgaria, but I'm originally from Armenia. So when I was five, we moved from Armenia to Bulgaria. I lived in Bulgaria for seven years and I moved to the US when I was 12. We moved to Salt Lake City, Utah, which is still the place of residency for me. When I came to America, I didn't know any English. And I came in the summer. It was May of 2000. That year, I was supposed to be 
going to seventh grade. Well, as you can imagine, I had severe anxiety. I had panic attacks at the age of 12. I didn't even know what panic attacks were. But now looking back, I realized I was having panic attacks because I had no friends. I didn't know the language and I was about to go to a school where I was the outsider. So when I went to school, obviously it was a big shock to me. I didn't really fit in. Everybody looked at me differently because I looked different. My name was funky. Even during roll call, when the teachers would take roll, it was always the most uncomfortable time during class because no teacher would even dare pronounce my name, except the Spanish teachers, actually. They actually did a great job at saying my name. But the English teachers or the other curriculum, they didn't even try to say the name. So in a way, I was always anticipating future pain every time I would wake up and look forward to going to class. That was just the beginning, okay? At some point during my middle school, I'm going to talk about one event. I was in a gym class, and during gym class, we we're playing softball. At that time, I could speak English okay. I had an accent, obviously, but I could understand and speak fairly well. Anyway, we're in gym class, and we're playing softball, and I threw the softball, and I didn't throw it very well. Actually, I threw it really terribly. And the ball flew and hit this kid in the back. I remember his name, but I'm not going to say it. I hit this kid in the back and I felt so bad. So I felt compelled to go and apologize to him. So I ran to him and I said, hey man, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I accidentally threw it terribly and it hit you in the back. So I'm sorry. You're okay. And he looked so angry at me, even though I apologized and I was truly sorry about what happened. I thought everything was okay though. I thought that he may have been angry, but I apologized. I thought everything was fine. So I walked out of the gym and I went to get a sip of water. And as I'm drinking water in the hallway, something hits me in the back of the head. I turn around and it's the kid who I accidentally hit with the softball. It's this very same kid. He had chucked the ball on my head while I'm drinking water. And he looked pissed. His eyes were red. He looked angry. He was ready to fight. At that time, obviously, everybody in the gym knew what was going on. So as you can imagine that as he was coming out to throw the ball at me, everybody in the gym knew what he was about to do. So they came out with him. So here I am. I didn't have any friends in gym class. Nobody. Just a little foreign kid who can barely speak English. And here's this guy who's very popular in school. Comes out, hits me in the back. And I'll be honest. My thoughts were, I really didn't want to fight because I was afraid that all of his buddies are going to jump and beat me up too. This was actually eighth grade. Now that I remember, it was eighth grade. I remember I looked at him. I said, why did you do that? And then he said, you fucking piece of shit foreigner. That's what he said to me. At that time, I knew it was fight or flight. If I fleed, what was going to happen is it was going to get worse for me. And nobody in that circle of people, there was probably at least 15 people that had surrounded us, were going to have my back. I knew that if I tried to walk away, that kid was going to come and tackle me. And if anything, the other kids were going to jump in with him and beat me up. So in that moment, I grabbed this kid by his neck and I threw him against the wall. I didn't want to fight, but I realized that the only way that I could subdue this person or control the situation was to go on the offense when everybody was against me. I'm not telling you the story to feel sympathy for me, by the way. I learned a lot from this interaction, but this was one of the most monumental moments in my life where I felt like I grew up the most. Anyway, I threw this kid against the wall and I held him in a chokehold against the wall. And then I dropped him down to the ground and I put him in a little arm bar. And then I said, do you give up? And I asked that three times. I remember I asked him three times because I could tell that he didn't want to. And then he said, yes. And then I let him go. Here's the thing, guys. That interaction lasted maybe 
30 seconds. But during the 30 seconds that that conflict and fight was going on, the crowd around me, the people in that gym kept yelling, chanting, beat that foreigner, beat that foreigner, beat that foreigner. They kept saying that. And I had nobody defend me but myself. So I knew that if I didn't stand up for myself, nobody was going to. Matter of fact, everybody wanted me beaten up for no valid reason, by the way. It's not like I threw the ball and I hit this kid in the back and didn't apologize and told him that he deserved it. No, I did the opposite. I actually went and I felt so sorry for him. And I apologized and I told him how bad I felt about what happened. I did the right thing, but he still chose to come back and cause an altercation. And it wasn't because I hit him in the back, guys. This was another scenario. This was ethnic related. This had to do with my race and who I was and what I looked like and what kind of name I had. What I want you to think is this. You've probably had situations like this happen to you. The lesson here is this. If you don't stand up for yourself and go on the offense, that might be the end. The abuse, the bullying, the racism, bigotry will continue. Sometimes that is fighting the good fight. Because if you don't fight it, guess what's going to happen? The fight's going to come to you. In this scenario, the fight came to me and I had no choice but to defend myself at that moment. There was no other way. If I turned my back, he was probably going to tackle me and punch me. So either way, I was going to get into a fight. So I decided to go on the offense at that point because that was the only way that I could show not only my strength, but my will to survive in that moment. Because to me, I thought I might not survive that. I thought that everybody's going to jump in. But the moment I put this kid out is the moment that the crowd stopped chanting. And guess what happened after that? As I was walking the hallways the next day, Kids were coming up to me and saying, I heard you beat up so-and-so. I still remember his name. This kid got deported back to Canada for selling drugs, I guess. I mean, what more can you expect from an individual like this, by the way? If this is what he was raised to behave like at the age of 13, 14, you can imagine where the trajectory of his life led him to, to the point where he got deported, which is very sad. But back to the story. Now, all of a sudden, this foreigner that everybody wanted beat up was the person that they were talking to as if I'm some kind of a hero. And you know what I thought at that moment? How disgusting. Pathetic. You know what I thought in those moments? That I can't wait to see what these individuals look like when they grow up and what they do in their life. You know what's interesting? 14 years later after high school, so I'm 32, so it's been 14 years since I've been out of high school. And a lot of these people that came from my middle school went to the same high school. So I see some of these people the very people that were chanting against me, calling me names, the very people that were friends with that dirtbag, the very people who wanted me harmed, you know what they do for a living now and what their life looks like? Well, let me tell you, their life sucks. And I'm not telling you because that's what I want their life to look like. No, I want them to have a good life, man. I really do. See, when you wish something bad on somebody, what you're doing is you're telling the universe that you don't deserve the good either. So when somebody does harm, somebody who causes pain, the best thing you could do is wish them healing. But the reality is I've seen some of these individuals and their life really does suck. The job that they're in sucks. Their relationships suck. And you could see the dissatisfaction in their eyes and the shame that they carry. But you know what? There is no greater pain than that internal pain that's everlasting. I don't need to do anything to harm them anymore. They've already harmed themselves enough. And that is a lesson you guys need to understand. That when somebody causes you pain and suffering, yes, it hurts. Yes, it's not pleasant. Yes, it's not right. 
But the truth is these people are suffering at a greater level. That's why they're doing that. Now, I'm not saying you tolerate it or allow it. No, you have to stand up for yourself and you have to stand up for others. By the way, the greatest good you can do in this world is when you see injustice being done to somebody, you being that person who stops it. Don't be a bystander. If you see somebody getting bullied, you do something about it. If you see somebody getting abused, you better do something about it. Because if you don't, you're observing it, you're just as bad as the abuser. Now, I don't want to hear any more stories about, well, there's this and that. No, if you're watching it happen, you're just as guilty of allowing it to continue to go on. You are responsible to correct injustices. That is your role in this world. When you see something that's not right and you know it's not right and you know that you can do something about it and you don't, you're just like the person that's causing that. You are the same person. So don't try to go feel good about yourself and tell yourself that you're just a great person when in those moments when you can separate yourself from the herd and you choose not to because you like comfort. You don't like to be in the limelight. You don't want to cause yourself unnecessary inconvenience and pain. That's selfish. You know what I do right now when I see injustice? It doesn't matter where it's at. It could be at the restaurant, somebody talking to the waiter or waitress in the wrong way. I say something. I will say something. If I hear my waiter another table and he's being mistreated or she's being mistreated, when they come to my table, guess what I do? I talk to them about that experience. It's important to me because I want them to know it's not okay just because they're a customer that they can talk to them like that. And that is your responsibility as well. That is yours. If you didn't know, now you know. It's yours. And you have a huge responsibility to make sure that you're doing your part. I don't care where you're from. I don't care what skin color you are. I don't care about the physical characteristics of your face and your hands and your body. I don't care about your age. I don't care about your sexual orientation. I don't care about any of that. You know what the greatest equalizer is? That we're all human. We're all the same. When you're around your circle of friends or coworkers and you hear that odd little friend or coworker say that derogatory term and it used to be funny and everyone's laughing about it, you need to be that person that says, you know what? I don't appreciate that. Don't say that around me anymore. Hey, that's not right. Don't talk like that around me or I can't be around you anymore. That's who you need to be. That's what standing up for the truth means. It's doing the uncomfortable. And guess what happens when you do that? People respect you more. People know where you stand. They know your allegiance. You know how important that allegiance is? Your reputation? When your allegiance is aligned with the truth, that's powerful. But imagine this. Imagine being that person whose allegiance is not aligned with the truth. Then guess what? You will receive similar treatment by others because they know you're not going to do anything about it. They know you don't have the courage. You're not brave enough. You don't have a voice. You have no ethics. You have no integrity. You have no morals. You don't know what you believe in. So you choose to condone all behaviors, right or wrong. And somehow you find comfort in that, which is very sad. Listen, I can't tell you how to live. I can't tell you how to think. I can't tell you or force you to do any of this stuff. All I can do is share my experience and my thoughts. And hopefully something resonates where you take action and you become a force for good. More of the world is good than bad. There's no doubt about that. My experience in Bulgaria and the US, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I've been through a lot. But so have you. And most of you have been through a lot worse than I have. So who am I to say that my experience is more painful than yours. It's not. 
But my experience relative to my life, it's the most painful. Just like your experience is the most painful to you. So let's not compare suffering. What we need to do is correct injustice and speak the truth. And when we see somebody being mistreated, we stand up for them. We're that big brother, big sister that we wish we had in those moments where we had nobody. We've heard this saying, it's so cliche, but it's so true. Before you change the world, you need to change yourself. So here it is. This is your chance to change yourself. Don't be a bystander anymore. And listen, I've talked about this many times. When you look at your life as it dwindles down, I promise you one thing. You're going to think about those moments where you didn't do the right thing, but you had the opportunity to do it. You're going to start reflecting on the things that you didn't take a chance on, those missed opportunities, that job that you didn't want to quit because you were too afraid, that relationships that you didn't want to become vulnerable in because you were too afraid to get hurt or feel pain. All these things that you didn't take a leap of faith in and do will come back to haunt you. And the other thing that's going to come back to haunt you is those times when you mistreated others or you witnessed people being mistreated and did nothing about it. So I'm going to leave you with this. Think about it. To know the right thing to do, you need to know who it is that you want to be. Who is it that you want to be?